What's up, everybody? My name is Mitch, and this is Daniel, and welcome to the Cerebral Brothers Podcast. How's it going, guys? Um, so we are bringing this podcast to you, and we are super excited about it. A lot of the different things that we're going to cover are some really controversial and fun topics within the health and fitness industry. We're going to cover things as far as which supplements are, are trending, which are the good supplements to take. We'll talk about diet. We'll talk about training. We'll talk about how you train when you're working 10, 11, 12 hour days, how you can fit in three, four, five or six healthy meals. We're going to cover a lot of really uh, fun and, and well, like I said, fun topics. And, uh, and then we'll also have some guests coming later on and they will offer us some of their expertise. We're talking PhDs in exercise science, strength and conditioning coaches, supplement shop owners, uh, all kinds of different and really exceptional guests. So we're excited and uh, thanks for being here and thanks for listening. Yeah, welcome everybody. So we're gonna get into our backgrounds. So I'm gonna have Daniel go first. Right on. Thanks for uh, thanks for throwing me on the spot there, bro. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, a little bit about me. I've been a, uh, a firefighter for the last 11 years. Uh, Army in the Army for seven. My pa- career path has really led me now towards I'm getting my MBA at ASU. Prior to that, I got my undergraduate degree in exercise science. And was all set up to go and take the test to be a strength and conditioning coach. But MBA school, uh, for MBA school, I was studying my butt off. And that took up a little bit too much of the time to do there. But also, I am uh, the owner of ATP Nutrition, uh, co-founder of ATP Nutrition. I've been formulating supplements for the last uh, eight years. Worked for many different companies. And I've been uh, in the health and fitness industry for a, a long time as well. I was doing that kind of at the same time as the firefighting and military. So they were running in parallel. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my goal and what I'm looking to do and what I'm looking to accomplish is to get more business acumen because I learned a lot with ATP Nutrition. And didn't you? You had a supplement company too, right? Yeah, a few, years ago, I, a few years ago, I started uh, Poseidon Labs. It was just kind of a trial project. I still have it going, but it's still kind of in the background because I'm finishing up my undergrad right now. So as you know, it takes up a bunch of time. So <laughs> definitely, man. Yeah, it's it, it's difficult to do all that stuff when you're when you're working. You're getting your undergraduate degree. You're trying to build a company. Trying to talk to people about it. It's it's very hard. Especially what I found was I was in biochemistry as my degree path when it first started, and so, so was that, I. I was yeah, biology. yeah. It's that in and of itself is such a hard uh, educational path. You know, a lot of biochemists go into research or they go into pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, absolutely. So the one thing that I, I found was that I was looking at a lot of the, the research. I wanted to do, to do research on supplements and there weren't a lot of biochemists doing research on supplements. It was all exercise physiologists, strength coaches. Uh, one of my good buddies at uh, Coastal Carolina, my mentors, actually. I mean, he's a buddy, but, you know, he's also one of my mentors. But yeah. they're the ones that are really pioneering this research, running research on uh, protein, citrulline malate, uh, pomegranate, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm killing myself with this biochemistry degree. Sure, I could do it, but why don't I, why don't I transfer over to exercise science and strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. something that I absolutely love. And then when I got done, the plan was to start getting into research. And we actually funded our own study. Uh, so we did do a little bit of research on our products as well. But yeah, so I mean, that's why I ended up switching. But it is definitely a very, very rigorous degree. Oh, definitely. Yes. Did you end up, are you finishing up biochem or did you switch or? Yeah, give, so I give guess I'll go, of, I'll yeah, go over my background. background. There yeah. we go. <laughs> my, my background. Uh, so I, I was in the Navy. I was a Navy corpsman for eight years. Uh, I specialized in aerospace medicine, so I did a bunch of flight physicals and basically like disqualifying people to fly was my job. With that, I also did primary care. So I, I was with the Marines for the first four years of my career, which is kind of strange because you don't usually think of the Navy with the Marines. Marine Corps doesn't have their own medical personnel, so that's what we're there for. So I worked at a flight line aid station and I just did flight physicals all day and I did sick call and I had a lot of autonomy. Uh, so I saw my patients when they walked in the the door, then, you know, when I had took them back, did everything and then went and presented to my uh, supervising physician. And then we would, you know, discharge a patient from there. So it was, it was really cool, a really big learning experience. And, and then after that, I taught aviation physiology and water survival um, at uh, an aviation survival training center in Lamore, California. So 
we taught uh, pilots and aircrew and SEALs and SWIC and spec ops, like how to recognize hypoxia symptoms and how to treat themselves versus them, you know, falling out and, uh, you know, succumbing to hypoxia. And also we did, uh, like I said, water ball training. So we did he the helo dunker. So we did the shallow water egress training out of helicopters and, uh, you know, survival first aid, uh, just a slew of things. Just basically think uh, what could go wrong in the air, in an aircraft. We would try to teach people how to mitigate those issues. And then, uh, yeah, so then I separated in like April 16 and then I started at the U of A um in fall of 16 uh, this guy goes to U of a. Uh, just just for a yeah. little bit of reference he goes to the u of a i go to arizona state university so we always are, are clashing and u of a is like our arch nemesis down oh, yeah. south oh, their yeah. their theme is like bear down and it their their mascot's a wildcat <laughs> so i don't well, i don't even understand there's the a story there's a story behind that i guess there's oh, a, okay. like a prolific football player that got injured during uh you know got injured and hospitalized like during like the, like a championship game. And so they all came to him and he said, you know, go ahead and, and bear down and push, you know, go ahead and push through to win. Oh, so that's where that comes story. from. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It'd be a cool backstory if it wasn't at the U of A. So I'm just going to say like, <laughs> since it's U of A, that, that backstory sucks, whatever. Well, it's crazy. Cause like I'm from Tucson. So like coming from Tucson, you know, ASU is like arch, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to the Ice Cat games growing up, the ASU and versus the U of A games, and oh, it was like a bloodbath, you know. And then, you know, I moved up to the Phoenix area like a year ago, and I thought it was going to be a lot worse because I wear like, you know, U of A gear out in town, and I was like, oh my God, people are just going to lynch me. And I really haven't found that, but <laughs> nah, but we're not so we're far, pretty far from campus where I live, so. <laughs> oh yeah, everything down here where I'm at and like campus is everything is ASU. We have a couple of U of A people, I think, in our MBA program even, but I just don't talk to them. Oh, yeah. You're like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. So back on track, yeah. education, U of A. Yeah. So I started there. I was uh, originally a biochemistry major because I intended to go to medical school. And then I was like, oh, my God, I got to do Calc 2. And I was like, this ain't going to work. <laughs> so I switched over to physiology. Um, same thing. I want to go to medical school. And I thought physiology was like, you know, the major to do, you know, the undergrad to, to help me out with it because it fulfilled all the prereqs. Mm -hmm. And then I, I really thought about it. I did some soul searching. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, I'm going to be 45 by the time I'm done with medical school and residency, you know, internship, residency and all that. And I started researching the uh, career as a physician assistant um, and other you know, mid-level mid -level provider, uh, you know, nurse practitioner as well. And so I started, uh, I switched my major again to public health because uh, I intended to go to PA school. And then I got like, kind of fed up with the, you know, public health major just because like all the classes are really redundant. Uh, you know, we're just talking about health disparities again and again and again. And I was like, well, what about like general population? Like, you know, so I switched over to uh, major in care, health and society. It's a health sociology degree. And then I also have uh, two minors, one in nutritional sciences and one in public health. And so I'll actually be graduating this semester, thankfully. And then nice. uh, I'm applying to a, a master's in nursing program right now. So I can eventually become a, a nurse practitioner. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know what's funny about that is I was thinking about it and had either of us not jumped around so much and just like picked an undergrad and graduated. We could have been done with our master's already. Like if we would have yeah. just, you just do four years and then you're like, okay, now masters, like, what do I want to do in my masters? We could have fulfilled everything we were trying to do if we just got like a general undergrad and then switched over yeah. to like a more specialized masters. But you know, hindsight being 2020. Well, that's, it is what, that's it what is, I always but. say, like I'm graduating <laughs> with, I think like 180 units yeah, you know, I had a bouncing too. around. Uh -huh. And I think like my, my freshman year, I took a, it was a cross-listed course. It was a 400 level course of human histology uh mm -hmm. cross with the graduate level human histology class yeah. and i took that it was a like a five-week course um no it was like three-week summer pre-session course oh my gosh like i <laughs> that was a hard class especially being a, you know being a freshman i hadn't even taken you know uh, anatomy physiology one yet yeah so i was like okay I don't even, okay yeah so yeah just like you said hindsight is 2020 and 
you know, it's like three and a half years for my undergrad, but would have been a lot sooner if I would have, uh, you know, not fucked around. <laughs> yeah, guess. exactly, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what what and, do you uh, what do you hope? Oh, we already know what you're hoping to do. You're gonna looking at going to yeah. nurse practitioner. What are you planning yeah. on doing with that? You want to work in like the ER or what? Well, what is that so, outlook? Do you know it yet? Oh, Maybe. so I'm really interested in orthopedics. Um, you know, just because I like because that kind of ties you know sports med into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm getting really into and I've been really into um, you know about maximizing people's potential. Um, as far as health wise, maximizing human potential. Exactly. Yeah. Maximizing performance. And, um, I feel like we have, uh, you know, right now we have a deficiency when it comes to hormone replacement therapy, among other, other, uh, constituents of that science or that profession. profession. Yeah. Yeah. Topic of, of medicine. And, you know, I think, you know, I've done, you know, coming from a military background, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of service members with PTSD and a traumatic brain injury, and the more I've been researching it, it seems like there's issues with their androgen levels because of a uh, you know uh, an issue with their pituitary gland. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something that we need to investigate more. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of guys you know running around with low testosterone and you know high cortisol levels, and yeah. they're just kind of mismanaging uh, their health. Um, and I would like to eventually open up a clinic to, you know, treat patients, um, you know, you know, uh, maximize their levels as well as, hey, let's talk about your diet, nutrition, um, you know, all these, you know, these uh, environmental, social, and all these other factors to try to maximize their p- potential. Because I feel like Right now, we have 40% of our nation that's obese. That's a pretty huge problem. And being formerly obese myself, um, you know, that's something that I try to spearhead. And it's very important to me um, because I can't begin to say, like, how much it, how much, you know, changing my lifestyle and my dietary habits and my uh, activity habits has, like, enriched my life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of success stories that and then there's some on the complete other opposite end of you that were very skinny growing up like i i think i graduated high school at like 116 pounds so oh. I, what i found is oh. that there's there's the people that start lifting you know and trying like to add muscle or just gain weight because they're they're as skinny as i was and then there's dudes on the or you know everyone people on the other end of the spectrum where it's uh they, they came from more of an obese lifestyle and and so but everyone kind of comes here in the middle. Uh, but just to give the listeners a little bit of a background, uh, Mitch and I have actually talked about just, it, this ties everything in together. Some, um, one of our career aspirations is we want to kind of form this thing where we create this health and wellness uh, facility. And yeah. inside this facility, the dream is, is that we would have maybe some DOs, uh, nurse practitioners like yourself, mm-hmm. uh, that can actually bring a patient in, let's say they're obese, they can give them a complete hormone panel. They can look at the diet. And then once they meet with that, with that provider, they could be moved on to the next area. What's next? What's, what's up on the list of importance? What's next? Let's get them with a dietitian. But, exactly. but a dietitian that's really evidence-based, not one that's going to try and push their agenda specifically mm-hmm. on that person, but what suits that person best. Um, and then once they're done with the dietitian, they have that all figured out. Then we move them on to a strength coach or maybe an exercise physiologist, or you bring in a patient that just had a heart attack, he sees a doctor, we fix the diet, and then we move them to the exercise physiologist, and we have a gym all under one roof. So it's really this, this health and well-being center. I just got goosebumps. I know it's cheesy, guys. Right, but right, right. Um, <laughs> but this, this is something that's very important to us because you know I think we both share this same interest that we really want to help people. And that's one of our deep burning passions is we want to help people because of both of our backgrounds, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, personal backgrounds. Uh, we'll get into more on, on other episodes, but our number one goal is to help people. And, and like Mitch alluded to, there's a, there's a very big issue right now with people that are just not healthy and it's not even necessarily their fault. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe they just really don't know how to change their lifestyles. I mean, you could probably speak to that, right? How hard was yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, lifestyle? oh man, I mean, it's 
Because when you try to lose weight, you're inundated with all of this bullshit mm-hmm. of, hey, let's do this. Let's do this Atkins diet. Let's do. I've been on yep. yo-yo dieted, you know, my whole life. I mm-hmm. started like before I joined the Navy. I had to do the cabbage soup diet to lose weight, you know. Oh, dude. But this is not sustainable, and that's what people right. aren't realizing. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, then they. It's just you know, yo-yo dieting. It's just a cycle. You lose exactly. weight, you put it back on. Yep. And what they've even found is that with that yo-yo dieting cycle, is you put on sometimes more than you lost. So not only did you lose it, but then you oh, put yeah. on extra pounds. So then you're back. You're you have to go even lower to get back to where you yeah, were, and your baseline that, just keeps adding. Yeah, uh, that's that Biggest Loser study that they did. Yes, you know they say I, they weigh. You know mm-hmm. they they gain up to. I can't remember the percentage, but they gain usually more weight than they lost. Yeah, you know, or exactly. that they were at at their you know initial starting point. Yep. And and that's what is going on because you know people think it's all about diet but no it's it's you have to change many aspects of your life um for more health conscious you know ways mm-hmm. and you know i talk to people all the time about they're usually at a plateau or i think you nowadays they're starting keto you know and i'm like now nah, let's let's calm down there let's let's figure out why you're overweight mm-hmm you know, like take a look, take an inventory of, you know, things that affect your life. Like as far as, hey, I usually eat uh, fast food because right. it's easier for me. Or yeah, you're talking about I the lifestyle a, yeah, behavioral factors. Lifestyle. Yeah, of exactly. Mm-hmm. And for any change to become affected, you have to, you know, be real with yourself and say, no, I'm, 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 I'm screwing up a lot of stuff in my life. Yeah. But hey, I want to move forward. You know, yeah, people absolutely. want this, these quick fixes, but no, it's behavior change, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you know what, I think this is actually the perfect segue to kind of give our listeners, um, some insight on, on what the episode is, or, or what the podcast itself is all about. The Cerebro brothers, we named it that because we are very cerebral. We both, uh, you know, really value education, even outside of education. I, I know I'm constantly reading books when I get a chance, just constantly trying to consume and learn more and more and more to not only further myself, but be able to help others. And, and I, the podcast, what we're really after here is we want to talk about some of this bullshit. Like we want to talk about like why maybe keto, uh, maybe a keto diet is for you, but mm-hmm. let's, let's really get to the bottom. Like if it's for you or did some jackass influencer was like, Oh, I lost 195 pounds on the keto diet. Like, are you doing it because this influencer lost a shit ton of weight? Cause I got to tell yeah. you guys, like, of what you don't see with a lot of these people, or let's even say on the other end of the spectrum that they're trying to put on muscle or shred or look super yeah. ripped, right? They are a lot of times on anabolics and that's their decision. I'm not here to demonize any lifestyle choice that someone makes. That's what they want to do. But what I am going to tell you is it is much easier to gain and lose weight when you're on anabolics. And just because they look good doesn't mean they have the knowledge to help you. It doesn't mean that they can they can transfer that over to helping you. Doesn't mean that their diet will work for you. Doesn't mean that their training regimen will work for you. Um, and you know, a lot of these things is, is part of the mission of the podcast. Let's talk about influencers. Let's talk about you know bad personal trainers. Let's talk about the differences in personal trainers that get like a ten week certificate, and the importance of actually finding someone, especially if you have metabolic issues, of finding someone mm-hmm. that got a four year degree. Let's get you with someone. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. You cannot learn in 10 weeks in some of these personal training courses what I learned in four years. I mean, we have oh, yeah. There's no in, way. in-depth physiology, yeah. nutrition. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. that's my spiel on, on the mission of the podcast. Why don't you fill in the gaps on some of the stuff that I may have missed? So like, you know, podcasts have always been kind of like in my arsenal of knowledge. And I wanted to give back. You know, I wanted to take what I've learned, you know, in my you know personal life, um, you know, going through you know struggles, you know, trials, tribulations, what have you, um, and how to, you know, help others kind of uh, change their lives and improve what they're trying to do. As well as I want to take my knowledge that I've learned, you know, in my academic career, and you know, help people, you know, that are you know, call them laymen that don't necessarily understand or have no experience with uh, the scientific 
you know, constituents of, you know, whatever we're talking about. So I want to like take what I've learned and dispel bullshit and, you know, help people, you know, understand and learn. That's what I want to do. I want to help people learn uh, from what I have learned. And, you know, from like with our guests, you know, our future guests is, is to learn from their disciplines and learn from their experiences and, you know, be entertaining and, you know, be able to give back. Cause we like right now we're turning into a globalist society, right? Um, we have social media, we have these podcasts, we have, you know, ways of getting information out that we never had before. So, and I wanted, you know, us to be a, you know, a component of that and to be able to offer, um, offer our knowledge to people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just, you know, some of the other topics that we'll get into is, uh, and I want you guys to understand also that when we talk about this stuff, we're not coming from a place of hate We're we're not, um, we're not trying to berate anything or anyone. We're coming from a place of there's a couple things we have to do. We have to first call out some of the misinformation. Uh, if and it's very hard, it's very difficult for people to step away and accept that they're wrong and look at things from an, a, an objective place. And I'll be the first to tell you, like if someone leaves something in the comments or you shoot us an email or something like that, and you're like, bro, you're wrong. I'm gonna be like, whoa. Like at first, you know, it's a normal reaction. You want to defend it. But then you take a little bit, think about it, come from an objective place. You're like, okay, there may be some truth to this. What we're trying to do is to call out some of the misinformation. We're going to go into some some stuff that you may not agree with. We will talk about anabolics. It's not ever from a position of you should use or you shouldn't use. Each person is their own individual. It's just like you know, that's an illegal substance unless you get a prescription for it. But it's in it's just it's a very similar thing to like alcohol right? You make your choice to consume oh alcohol God. or you yeah. make your choice to, to do this. Or you make your choice to go out and club and party. Dude, that's cool. And I really want mm -hmm. everyone to understand what my big mission here is to kind of offer this, this environment. Yes, 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 dude, science bring, into bro, it, let's, right? Not just science, but just like yeah. personalities. Let's bring everyone yeah. together, right? Because right yeah. now we have these different sides of the fucking lane and it's annoying mm -hmm. because you have these like fucking clicks, dude. It's like, the bros are like, oh, you went out a, on a Friday night, you drank, dude. Like, fuck you, bro. You're, you're yeah. wasting your life. And then the clubbers and the partiers or the people just want to fucking like watch some football and eat some fucking pizza or like, fuck, those guys are obsessed and all they care about yeah. is vanity and themselves. Like, fuck that, dude. Like, let's bring it in, guys. We can all coexist together. And you know what? Maybe if there's a time that you the, the cat like I eat pizza, like I want to go lift with fucking homeboy who's like super jacked. I don't, I, I want to bridge that gap. Let's bring it together. Like, let's go lift, dude. You don't necessarily yeah. have to come and drink with me or whatever, but like, you know, let's find some harmony, this lifestyle balance, moderation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's yeah, what I feel like, like, like right now there's, like you said, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a divide. There's a bunch of yeah. groups. There's a bunch of tribes, right. Mm -hmm. That say, Hey, you know, that they don't fucking agree, but in all honesty, it's about balance. And that's really what it is about balance. And like you said, like harmony, Yeah, <laughs> you and, know, and it's doing like, your thing. You mm -hmm. do your thing, do your thing, do yeah. your thing. Don't let people step on your shit. Yeah. You know, just be respectful, yeah. you know, but here's the thing when misinformation is out there and people try to tout that and they try to tell other people that, and I'm going to keep hopping on this keto thing right now, because that's like been a, you know, huge fad, you know, the past couple of years. And like you said, like everybody's an individual, you know, keto may work for somebody, you know, but talk about realistic, you know, realistics and stability of a diet. Keto is not going to work for everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's and, and not going to work for a majority of people. For you sure. Know? Yep. But, you know, let people do what the hell they're going to do. Exactly. You don't have to stomp on them, um, you know, and, and it's. Like it's, with the misinformation, that's really what we want to tackle. Yeah, is definitely. saying, you know, fasted cardio, for instance, like, you know, you don't necessarily need to do fasted cardio for the best physique. Right, but you can. You know? But you can. That's not. There, there's there's data that shows, and and we'll get into this stuff more on like sure, the, yeah. keto, the keto diet. We'll yeah. get in a little bit more into the weeds, but just high level. There's data that shows like 
fasted cardio is better. Fasted cardio is worse, right? But realistically, when, when we talk about in a controlled setting, what people don't understand is, is you're talking about like a fucking half a kilo difference in weight loss. And what, we got to look at clinical significance and fucking practicality. Because like people are arguing about, you know, well, fasted cardio is better. Fasted cardio isn't better. But like who gives a shit? It, realistically, real life terms, the differences are going to be negligible. So going back to lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. If, if fasted cardio works for your lifestyle more and it's going to help you get to the gym, like you don't have time to wake up and eat first, yeah. dude, fucking do it. Yeah. Right on. Like, no problem. You're out, you're, you're out of your <laughs> yeah. house. You're exercising for one. Yeah, you're not you obsessing know? over yeah. like which one's better or is this one going to help me yeah. lose a half a pound more. There's mirror differences. You're not going to fuck mm-hmm. unless you're like obviously like an, a, a ripped 4% body fat yeah. shredded athlete. That's different. But I mean, still. But there's other factors that come into place with that too, because of course, you know, with the especially later on in in competitions. Oh yeah, yeah, all all the other background, you know, background for me. So I I compete in bodybuilding. Yeah, I started. I did my first show in 2014. Did another one in 2015. I competed um, at the NPC Megatron down in Tucson in last year. (laughs) In last year, Uh, you know, 2018, placed second in Open Classic Physique Division. Um, and I started that prep in the, you know, June, 2018, like end of, end of June competed November 3rd. I went from 235 to 187 in that time frame. you know, so where there's a will, there's a way, Yeah. you know, and the thing is, it's, it's stability. Mm-hmm. That's really what, and, and adherence, yeah. you know, and that's where a lot that's of people the key word is adherence. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the folly of many yep. where you have so many people, they're like, I'm going to do keto. They do it for two weeks. They don't even hit that, you know, acclimatization mm-hmm. uh, point. So they and, don't ever actually go into ketosis. Yeah. They're not. And even a lot of them don't because they're doing it wrong. Like they're eating too much protein. You have to take in clamped protein for one, which means, which means for listeners that don't know what a clamp protein is, it means it's a static protein. Like you set it at the specific gram amount per day and that is what you eat all the time and it's i guarantee you a lot of people are doing keto are eating more protein than they should and you're never going to get into ketosis yeah and and beside the you know beside all that you know jazz that we're getting into yeah yeah yeah, sorry yeah about (laughs) it's just about like taking our knowledge because i i mean like for me you know i don't care what people do like as long as they're not yeah that's a little <laughs> and we're back <laughs> and we're, we're back yeah so that's the mission of our of the podcast and um you know getting into you know with your mba i guess like tell us what's going on with your mba oh man um so like what's going on with it like where i'm currently at or like what my plan is and how to use it uh, what your plan is and how you're going to use it. Okay, perfect. So as I mentioned before, uh, like yourself, I, um, have a supplement company. Um, it's kind of in, in hibernation mode. Like we're not really, I just don't have the time to really put a ton of effort into building it right now. So it's kind of just staying stable at the current point. But what I realized was, is we got a lot of initial great feedback, a lot of initial growth, and it was exciting and it was amazing. And what I've not- noticed is that I needed a little bit more business acumen to be able to really take that thing to the next level. My goal was to, because so here we go. After undergraduate, I went and I worked with one um with someone. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Yeah. I went and worked with with a with some guys, right? Um, they had a background in launching companies, uh, made millions launching companies, and we actually started a brand together. Well, I I jumped on. I was a co-founder of one of the brands, and what I noticed was that it's not necessarily we had all the resources we had some we had people that were developing uh the wireframe they were developing the website the everything we had people running the instagram like we had a team of individuals that were really pumping this thing up and realistically it should have been very successful just with all the resources we had but what we end what i ended up seeing 
is while uh, that company really wasn't selling very well, um, ATP was selling and I was focused elsewhere. Unfortunately, I wish that it wouldn't have been that that way, but um, it's a learning process. I got with these guys is like they built million dollar businesses. I can go in, I can learn from them, take their tutelage, that kind of stuff, and just really grow, like hit the ground running, right? But what I noticed was is like it's not all about the resources. Sometimes you have these intangibles that draws people to your company, draws people to your personality, draws people to your branding. They take it and they believe in it, right? And we had that, but I needed to know more about the business side so I could scale it. So that's what I plan on doing with the MBA. Um, you know, currently looking at looking at internships and all that kind of stuff right now. Um, but ultimately, the MBA. A lot of people are thinking you know, MBA is worthless and all this and that. But it's actually really a transformation, not of just my business acumen, but also who I am. And I mean, I think there's only like one percent of the population will graduate from an MBA, um, an MBA program from a top 30 university. ASU's in the top 30. Um, so it's really about a business transformation, about who I am, who I was, and really turning myself into the person that I know I can be and that I am, but I just need a little bit of tutelage and a little bit more coaching and learning. Um, I think that's, that's what, what, you know, I think that's what helped me. And I've done a lot of realization lately. Like I used to be an introvert, like going in, you know, in the military, like I, yeah, I was an introvert. I wouldn't, you know, I would just do my job. I mean, I, you know, I did well at my job but I wouldn't like speak out too, too much, but, you know, starting and going to school, um, you know, has brought me out of my shell, like where I find myself nowadays, you know, talking with random people, especially at the gym. Like if you see me in the gyms, you know, say what's up, uh, but you're probably going to have about 20 minute conversation, uh, <laughs> um, but about anything, you know? And so what my, you know, academics have done for me is brought me out of my shell and have allowed me to be way more comfortable, you know, talking to people and learning more because I'm like hungry, hungry for knowledge now. And like here, like taking what I've learned in school and like talking to people about it has helped me, um, which will eventually help, you know, you know, be becoming a, a mid-level practitioner too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with, I guess I was curious what your thoughts were about entrepreneurship on social media. Entrepreneurship on social media. So <clears throat> I'll stick to the fitness industry. It's um, it's a little bit disheartening. And this was one of the uh, you, when you're looking at a business, you have these different forces and different factors. Right. And one of those factors is independent factors. Those are kind of things that are uncontrollable, like uh, a distributor or a channel partner. Um, the, one of the big rough spots that we ran into is that contract manufacturers are marketing towards would-be entrepreneurs or uh, someone that has a couple thousand dollars and wants to start up a brand. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, this is my opinion, so everyone, you know, feel free to be like, fuck that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but I do – let me tell you, I do have some experience in this. So, you know, maybe like I said, and I'll, I'll give this disclaimer. Before you just completely reject what I'm saying, take a step back. And just listen from an objective place and then fucking disagree with me. Like really think mm -hmm. about it and then let's disagree. Anyways, disclaimer aside, um, the big issue is that a lot of manufacturers are, are marketing to entrepreneurs. And unfortunately, when you're taking a supplement, that is something that alters your physiology, right? Like that's a physiological response. So you take too much caffeine and it can fucking kill you, right? You take, you take too um, much of anything and it can fucking kill you. Right? Of course, but but the thing, <laughs> but my point is, yeah. and what I'm what I'm talking about is that you should have some level of education when it comes to starting a supplement company. You should at least have, I don't know, but not so spent, much not so much as supplements. I'm yeah, talking about with inter entrepreneurship, a, a lot of apparel companies, you know, just yeah. like you know, people trying to start their own businesses, you know. I guess like I feel like entrepreneurship is becoming like the way of the future where you have a bunch of small businesses that are running larger businesses out like Volcom. I haven't seen people wear a Volcom in forever or Etnies, you know what I mean? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, do you think people are doing it the right way on 
on social media with entrepreneurship? Like what, what can they improve on? Okay. Let me, I'll, I'll finish what I was saying before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just that you should have some base level of knowledge. So they're marketing to like entrepreneurs, um, mm-hmm. for these supplement companies and it's something that could harm them. So you should have some formal level of education or for you sure. should have years of experience learning from someone else prior to formulating and creating and putting something out there that someone's son or daughter or brother or father is going to take. And it could possibly give them a fucking heart attack. So that's on the supplement side. Now, as far as the way that they're marketing, I mean, it's fucking saturated, dude. Like everyone caught on, right? Um, what was it? Shreds. They were a part of the rise of Instagram. So they just capitalized on it and they really, I think them and fit form, they set the mold for all of these, like, Oh, I, I took this pre-workout and I'm looking in the mirror and I realized like all these deep posts, like they fucking, they started that. That was, they innovated on that. And that's why they grew so quick. I don't know where shreds is at now, but that was the the basis and the start of influencer marketing. But Mm -hmm. the problem is there's, everybody's an influencer, right? Everyone thinks that they're an influencer as an opinion leader. Um, you're absolutely right. There are definitely more, it's more niche. So you have these different companies and it's, it's fragmenting a little bit. And I will tell you that large industries are starting to finally see that some of these, like uh, a perfect example is Manscaped or um, Dollar Shave Club. That started out with influencer modeling, very small direct to consumer and Gillette's like, fuck, like we didn't think they were going to be this big thing. And now they're that little small company is, is pulling away from our market. So it's very saturated entrepreneurship on social media is very saturated. Someone thinks they have 20,000 followers. They can start a brand. It's just not fucking true. I've seen it happen many Mm -hmm. times that you think you could do it, but the ones that are good are the ones that, you know, create those, those little segments and and big business is starting to catch up and starting to strategize to, to accommodate for it. But I mean, yeah, apparel companies. um, But then again, so just real quick, there is uh, there's an S curve when it comes to marketing, right? And you have like this initial adoption, all that kind of stuff, and then we have what's called shakeout. So what you'll see is a lot of these smaller companies, these smaller apparel companies, they're going to keep coming in, keep coming in, keep coming in, but it's going to be the live fits that ultimately last, right? Live fits start out small, but they no one's going to shake them out. Like they're they're going to be there. Gymshark, they're going to be there. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next five years about which one of these, you know, smaller Instagram brands or social media brands will actually still be around. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I just feel like it's right now it's a dime a dozen. You have yeah, all these it, people trying to do these apparel companies because right, hey, right. like you can, it's anyone easy, can it's order it on Alibaba, start. dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, and it, but it's no you can do it in your garage, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I think right. people Microsoft have started in a garage. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, but they have these, I just feel like their intent is not, it's not wholesome. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, that's a killer point. You're absolutely right. And that's, yeah. it's more about vanity, right? They mm-hmm. want to look cool. They want to be the ner- next CEO that's running this supplement company. And, yeah. and it's not necessarily about creating, uh, creating a product that consumers alike. It's just more about, oh, I'm a CEO, I'm an owner, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, like, exactly. Hey, it's like the status. How many, thing. you know, because I could sell fucking lemonade on the curb too, right. you know, and, but people take these, these titles and they hold them, you know, in such high regard. Yeah, dude, being, a, being an entrepreneur. And I will say, especially in the fitness industry, I don't think that you'll see it crossing over into other industries as heavily, but fitness industry specifically, it's trending and it's not, I, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing, but, um, I mean, if you find a brand you like and and that's great and their, their mission and stuff and you adopt it, that's great. But just starting a company to, to have status and it's, I don't think that's what companies are for. I think the company is to to serve the consumer, create a good for a consumer Mm -hmm. that, that improves their life. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think it's, it's wholesome. I don't think it's wholesome. I don't think it's for the better good of the economy trying to that. And ultimately that's the big thing. Like people are always thinking, um, you know, you got to think about the macroeconomics of it. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. They don't think about business the way that they should. Business is literally there to improve the world, whether it's by creating jobs or whether it's by creating amazing products that people use and, and, um, believe in and that kind of stuff. Ultimately it, it's, 
I mean, business is to make a profit, but it is also there to provide value. Yeah. And I guess like talking about like news, you know, like rising topics in industry, mm-hmm. the CBD craze that's going on right now. Fuck, dude. And see, that's, that's the problem too. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the problem too, is it's going to make the CBD market look like shit because it's a yep. bunch of people that aren't going to do third-party analysis, third-party labs. And then they're going to make every product look like it's fucking tainted. So this thing that really does have the possibility to do a lot of good for a lot of people, especially those with seizures, that kind of stuff, um, it's going to be tainted. And it's going to look just like the supplement industry. It's just going to be a bunch of fucking slime ball, shady douchebags getting in and trying to make a profit. And it's going to make the industry look like shit. Yeah. Like I have seen a bunch of CBD products. And my favorite is the Montel Williams CBD. Dude, and I'm like, where do you like you have? I don't know. I just don't like once again, that marketing isn't wholesome. I feel, you know, it's just like, hey, let's make a quick buck. Well, OK, so this is what I will say. And this is one thing I think that a lot of people are um, they don't notice because it's like a hidden force. It's like a hidden aspect. You don't mm-hmm. understand the the backgrounds of building a business. Next. Not you, but like they don't understand yeah. the background of building a business. If let's say a manufacturer that has a great product and produces a great product, they do it the right way, make sure that there is no THC, that there's consistency. Every single bottle has 10 milligrams plus or minus the industry standard, right? So it's regu- self-regulated. And then they mm-hmm. take someone like Montel Williams, because he's a like a thought leader, or not a thought leader, but an and opinion. And they, they put him on the box. That's like, smart oh. business, brother. That's yeah. smart business, because if he can yeah. go out there and sell this shit, great. And if it's a good yeah. product, good for them because they will be offering it mm-hmm. at, um, you know, to as many people as possible. That's great. But if it's a shitty product going out and just and paying mm-hmm. less to create the product and paying an influencer a hundred thousand dollars and paying, you know, and the first batch is like $2,000 for them. Fuck that. That is scummy. And I don't like that. But if you do you it know, the right way, do, but do we even know, like, if you do it, like you're saying you do it the right way, you know, it's a good, going to be a good product and a good business. But I, especially like particularly with CBD right now, do we know the long-term implications of CBD use? No, we I mean, we don't there's know. No, yeah, yeah. But you we, know? Yeah. But, uh, and, that becomes a slippery slope because then it's like we know the long – well, I guess one is like we know the long-term – uh, the long-term effects of like alcohol, right? People still consume alcohol. We know that it increases heart disease and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But yeah. and I know it's, it's kind of like an apples to oranges kind of um, yeah. example for sure. Well, it's like, you know, if, well, and, and I, I guess I'm more alluding to people slinging CBD on Instagram. That's what I'm seeing all the time. These little no name companies that are like, I'm going to buy a shitload of CBD stock. And then yeah. all I'm going to do is just fill bottles of it. You yep. know, we'll put we'll put some uh, essential oils in it and we'll call it a calming fucking thing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, where you said like the then they take a, a bunch of people and they say, hey, do you want to get sponsored by a CBD company? And they're like, yeah, sure. OK, cool. Well, I'll send you two bottles, which cost us a dollar ten right you now <laughs> yeah. a month. And then you could do free marketing. I say that's a great thing. Um you know, but I feel like people need to have an understanding of what they're selling. That's what's freaky because it's yeah. actually, it's like snake, it's like snake oil. You know, they say, oh, it's all these good benefits and blah, blah, blah. You know, I will say, yeah. I, w- I will say this. Uh, we do know that it improves those with seizure, seizure disorders. So we oh, do yeah, know that I, yeah, there's, yeah, there's evidence to support sure. that, but I think not only uh, are all these different shitty companies popping up going to ruin the CBD industry, but they're marketing it in a way that is unethical, right? It's yes, not this panacea, yes. this, this, it doesn't cure fucking everything. It doesn't yeah, make you yeah. sleep better. It doesn't relieve your stress. It, it could, it could, but we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. It doesn't cure your fucking headaches. It doesn't, it doesn't make your skin look nicer. It doesn't, all these different things that they're marketing it to that's where you start to ruin an industry. And that's what we're seeing. You're absolutely right. Um, and that's what's freaky because, you know, it's a metabolite, right? Yeah. Of, you know, cannabis. So like, mm-hmm. and right now, like that's a hot topic. 
in our country is, yep. you know, legalization, decriminalization, all that. But you take a compound that is within that, you know, plant, what we're talking about, and you hype it up this way and you say it's going to cure all these ailments. Mm-hmm. It does nothing to help. I mean, that's kind of a double edge because people may think, hey, that does help, <laughs> um, you know, for the legislation, you know, because it's like, oh, it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. But then they start talking about THC and they're like, oh, THC, you know, it only makes you high. But there's also, you know, you know, benefits to THC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but I, I just mean, feel as, like the, the as way- far as we know. Right. So, the, I mean, yeah. that's the big issue with THC is it's been schedule one. That's the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. It's yeah. been schedule one. Right. So we can't study it. So we don't really know. You know what I mean? We do have evidence for like PTSD and that it helps with that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, until we can get but that's all anecdotal, too. I know, dude. You know? I know. So, See, that's that's the thing. We yeah. got to study the shit. We got to really figure yeah. it out. Um, I, I guess the down and dirty is that, you know, people will do whatever it takes to advertise their product, either unethical or ethical. And I think that our listeners and everybody should understand, hey, look at the advertising before you purchase a product. And hey, like, look, look it up and do your research about a product before you purchase it, because you're just going to buy bullshit. You're going to buy baking powder, you know, because, yeah, you know, it's like there's so many supplements on the market that like it's it's a uh, very trying to think of the term. Very headhunting and you know uh i can't think of the word but basically like they're exploiting people's emotions with their advertising and that's what it is you know but just you know i guess disclaimer hey look up you know research what you're going to buy before you buy it and then also just real quick another side disclaimer yeah i said it's like a car salesman but i think car sales have probably got better so i don't Listeners out there like, I'm a car salesman, you fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> why are you calling me out? You, you very well may be a very – I'm talking about like old school yeah. car salesman. So just that. And then I think this goes back also to our mission, guys, is like what we want you to do and what we hope to <clears throat> really clarify for you guys and provide to you as listeners is the ability to be an informed consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh the ability to be an informed individual overall, right? So you're not taking this diet at face value. Just like you said, research it. Hit somebody up that knows about it. We don't want you to take the CBD product at face value. It pays to be an in- – this goes everywhere, right? This is – if you go to see a doctor, you need to be informed. You need to be an advocate for yourself. So if your doctor yeah. tells you something, it would behoove you, and it's something serious, even something might – just research it. But research it, Okay. This is the this is a big fucking thing. This is a big topic. Maybe we can even do like uh since we're tackling controversial stuff, yeah. maybe we can do like a vaccine one, dude. Like, oh, are you yeah. fucking vaccine? Oh, yeah. vaccine, like, I saw so, a sticker just, the other day that said vaccines cause adults, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, yeah. because you know, like, I mean, my my you know studies of epidemiology and and public health, it's like no, like get yourself vaccinated, get your kids vaccinated you know we'll, we'll do a whole podcast about that but yeah, yeah. and it's, so my point was to what i was saying is that um pay attention to to your your resources pay attention to your your sources right if you are researching something and this goes back to influencers and this goes back to the the problem with having so much information at your at your fingertips is let's say let's say fucking homeboy starts a blog doesn't know shit about shit but he's a very good writer and he just goes on and he could go very well put on a blog and tell you about all the terrible things in a vaccine and you read it. But this motherfucker doesn't know what he's talking about, bro. Like I, I hate to tell you, he has no formal education. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He probably read someone else's blog, put it in his own words. Like guys, you have to and understand. Those were mistranscribed. Difference. Right. Exactly. You yeah. have to understand that to, to actually read a statistical study is a very technical skill. That's why I always yeah. tell people, they're like, oh, well, have you have you researched it? I'm like, yeah, I have researched yes. it. Have you? <laughs> and, why, and when I say researched it, did you look at a fucking blog like the Food Babe or whatever this chick's name a, was? Yeah. Did you did you yeah. look at a blog or did you go to a database? Or, well, what's a database? Oh, okay. 
the database is you even, even just to search and find the article is fucking difficult in and of itself. Mm. So once you get the article, if you don't know these, these specific physiological terms, like these, these terms that we use all the time, it's going to be very difficult. And then also like a significant difference. You think like the layperson, no, no problem, no, no fault of yourself. Significant. Holy shit. That's a big difference. No, but is it statistically, it it could be minimal, right? Mm -hmm. So the problem is you have people going to blogs to read and they're like, oh, well, I'm so against this, but like the person who wrote that blog probably can't decipher a fucking peer reviewed article to save their life. And And that's not a dick, but that's because they don't have any training in it. Right. Everyone says Mm -hmm. education is this bad thing. Well, guys, guess what? In school, they teach us how to fucking read this stuff. We had to learn statistics. We had to learn regression. We had to learn how to fucking hypothesis test. We had to learn all of this stuff so that we can actually read this. Try, try square. Oh, right. Yeah. If it's not linear, you have to fucking square it so you can get – I mean we had to learn all this shit, right? These fucking mm-hmm. bloggers and these these people that are just causing this like pandemic or fucking fear-mongering. Dude, like – and okay. I will say if you do have a background in this and that's your stance and you research and that's how you interpret the data, good for you. We could talk about it in a civil manner. Like let's, you know, discourse is always a very good thing. We, I could learn from you. You can learn from me. You may be an expert on it and, and have that stance. A lot of other fucking experts are on this other side, including the medical field at large, all doctors, unless they're like fucking holistic doctors. But anyways, my point is, guys, is that it's very difficult to be like, well, I read this blog article and therefore vaccines are going to fucking kill humans, everyone. And polio killed more people. And I think that you – The polio vaccine killed more people than polio itself. Like, fuck, dude. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I mean I think like what I always tell people is like when you're trying to research something health-related and you read it on a blog, you know – if there's references below and there should be references because anybody who's going to write something, you know, if if somebody has an academic background and they're writing a piece, they're going to include references. So look at those references and then interpret the data your own way, you know, Um, not your own way, but I'm saying like, like read the data. But then that's the problem. That's the problem. Would you say that the average person could go and read the data? No, that, no, that's what I'm saying is like if you're yeah, interested see, that's in why finding you have to more your sources, right? Yeah, yeah for exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like that's why you're balancing, you know, read, read the research yeah, and then figure it out from there. And, um, you know, don't just take that blog post. I mean, yeah. like you and I, we were just looking at last night. Like, we were yeah, you only that read half pepperine, that motherfucker. Right? <laughs> uh, I know. I was like, you're like, I was this like oh, this is it. interesting. And I was like, yeah. bro, you just no, I, I read this interesting I sentence wrong. and then I said it to you. But <laughs> no, no, no. Which happens all the argue. time, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because I'll be the first to say, hey, I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, me too, man. And, and that's – you have to be like that. If you want to get – if you want to learn more, you have to be willing to say, I don't fucking know. Right. You know? Tell me about it. And um, in that case, yeah, exactly. In that case, yeah. shut the fuck up and learn. Yeah. Yeah, and please, that, you know, please tell me, you know, because I don't want to say I don't want to say shit wrong all the yeah, time. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not telling you to shut the fuck up. And I'm saying like I. So, OK, but if I say that I am saying that, but just, so you know, the type <laughs> of person I am, I'm going to tell myself to shut the fuck up and learn. Like yeah. I don't have a place in the conversation. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to jump in and fucking start talking and, and, you know, saying a bunch of shit that I don't know. And Ask questions. Yeah. A lot of people don't ask questions. And I feel like mm-hmm. how I learn is I ask questions, mm-hmm. background information about the topic that I'm learning. Yep. Yep. You know, and that's one um, thing, too. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> that's one thing, too. Oh, is, I don't remember what I was saying. Yeah, I just want to throw this in there, too, is a lot of people, like, I've reached out to researchers on articles, and you would think that, like, they won't want to talk to you. They're fucking eager to answer questions, talk about their findings, they love that shit, right? So if you find this blog article, you find the references, reach out to the fucking expert, guys, because these PhDs, I hate to say it, fucking food babe is not the expert. The PhDs are the fucking expert. They live this shit. They research it. They're designing the studies. They're designing the controls. They're doing all that shit. And then, you know, I bet if you were to talk to an epidemiologist and, and he had a study that was epidemiology, he was like, well, you know, this was the outcome. He'd be like, yeah, but you cannot say that that's, you can't extrapolate that to america guys because this is epidemiology that exactly. doesn't fit the population he'll exactly. be the first person to tell you but a blogger they don't fucking know they're like oh scandinavians 
if you have better fucking heart health and they fucking do headstands yeah. for 15 minutes a day. And that's why their cardiovascular disease or disease incidences are lower, but no dude, like Scandinavians have a lot of underlying others. You can't say that then yeah. take that to all Americans start doing fucking 15 minute handstands a day. And guess what? You're going to lower your risk for fucking heart disease. Fucking solved. You know, but then again, with, with research, it also comes into the play where like the framingham study, right? Right. The Framingham, you, you, are you familiar with it? Which one? The Framingham study. See, this would be a point where I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know all about that fucking study. Let me tell yeah, you right. about it. But, so, <laughs> but instead of like, I don't know so, what the fuck you're talking about, you tell me. Elucid, like, teach me. Yeah. So the Framingham study uh, is a study that continually takes place in Framingham, Massachusetts, right? So it's a heart disease risk study. So uh, participants in Framingham, Massachusetts are, are given uh, a questionnaire and they fill out the questionnaire and they're like, okay, well, do you have heart disease? Yes. Do you smoke? Yes. Do you have hypertension? Yes. Do you have um, high cholesterol? And that's what I'm going to talk about. So high cholesterol with heart disease, right? So causation, right? Mm -hmm. You know, versus um, association. Mm -hmm. So is something causing something or is it just associated to it? Right, exactly. Right? So talking about... Uh, heart disease and uh along with uh serum cholesterol levels so like your serum cholesterol levels two-thirds of those two-thirds of that number is made by your liver yep not your dietary intake yeah you know I, a third of I it is your dietary intake. yep i exactly. read that and mm -hmm. so like but people have said forever because of the framingham study that hey high cholesterol is an indicator for heart disease right you know or causes heart disease i'll say Right. That's not the case. Yeah. You know? don't need eggs. So, yeah. So sometimes researchers are wrong. You know? Oh, absolutely. And, and, it, it, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just like everything else. You, you got shitty researchers mm -hmm. that just want to push it through so they can be published and continue getting funding. But then you, you have some, I would say maybe even more like new age researchers. They're, mm -hmm. they're really after the fucking answer. Like they'll scrap yeah. their data and start over. They're not going to try and misinform people. They're not going to try and skew just yeah. com just run more fucking regressions all oh, that fits and that's and that's why and they that don't fits my hypothesis. A lot of, yeah and that's why yeah. they don't put a lot of time requirements on phds right you know because they're like hey however long it takes you to publish your research then you graduate <laughs> you know right yeah um exactly. but it's good because then like you said you have to have humility you mm -hmm. know it's like hey this is not supporting my hypothesis Sh should i continue or should i not i was wrong that's okay. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. Because I because that wrong, I can check that fucking off the mm -hmm. list. Let's move yeah. on to the next one. Let's really find out the answer. It's okay to be wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you as a listener want us to discuss a certain topic, uh, such as ketosis or yeah, yeah, yeah. metabolic mechanisms or anything, leave us a comment, you know, email us at cerebralrose at gmail.com and we would love to discuss it because we want to give back to our listeners. We want people to increase their acumen in whatever they want. Yeah, definitely. And and I think ultimately the goal here, the oh, the hierarchy, like the, the our top level goal is just to help people. Whether that's by helping you become more informed, um, you know, how to even read data, like all that kind of stuff. Our goal is to just help you uh, learn and become, you know, more efficient, more proficient, and just you know, being a, a person and, and reaching your goals. Um, I will say this though. One request is if you do send us a supplement, please have it be like the compound because then that way I, my big thing is, is I always want to remain ethical. I don't want to shit on any specific company. Mm -hmm. So send a, send us a list of ingredients instead of being like, tell review hide. We're not really review yeah. podcasts. We're not going to be doing that as much, but we will def. I love talking about compounds. I'll do that all day. Ingredients how it affects the mechanisms of actions, the, and then transferring that to benefit to you. But please just send in like, you know, ingredients uh, versus a specific product. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch's pup just ran in. I've yeah, been, uh, yeah, I've, actually been waiting, I've actually been waiting for, uh, for my, <laughs> my two and a half year old to come plowing through the doors. He's probably gonna wake up from nap yeah. soon, just <laughs> jump in my arms with, with his little diaper butt. Yeah, and just understand, you know, both of us are full-time students. You know, one of us is a graduate student. One of us will hopefully be a graduate student soon. You will be. You'll get uh, and so, like, we're doing this to 
help people advocate for themselves. Absolutely. And then at the same time, just coming from that objective point of view, we reserve the right to be completely fucking wrong. I'm not saying that I have all of the answers. I'm not saying I'm a know-it-all. There are going to be a lot of people out there that know more about what we're talking about. But what we're here to do is, uh, you know, just really try and help you learn, come up to our level. But, we, you know, if we're wrong, we're wrong. And that's okay. We'll be the first to admit it. So if, you know, you disagree with something on the podcast, dude, send us, send us an email. We'll even have you on as a guest. Let's fucking talk about it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's how great. we learn. Yeah, that's, that's how we learn that discussing things. As long as you remain respectful. respectful yeah. Right? That's yeah. the only, it may even get heated, right? You and I yeah. may even get heated on some different topics where we're on two different sides of the fence. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I think that's our first episode. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Boom.